0: Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Chris Howard. And Chris is doing a movie called The Activists Next Door. And it's about the um, activists from the 60s and 70s, the impact that they've made on Albany and why they should be re- remembered today. Um, so, Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm happy to
1: be here and to talk about the movie and the wonderful activists that we have are documenting. So, who are they? Well, uh, I guess we should start with um, Dr. Alice Green, who's the executive director of the Center for... Law and Justice in Albany mm-hmm. on, on Green Street. And then there's Earl Thorpe, who was one of the founding members of the Brothers, which is a, a black men's group uh, formed just before the Black Panthers came into um, prominence uh, back in the 60s. We had our own version here in Albany Then, Mm -hmm. let's see, Nikki Cunningham-Kahn is uh, an artist and poet who was in middle school in 1957 when she and her family were the first black family in the all-white suburb of Delmar, New York. They, part of the integration of that community, Mm -hmm. and uh, let's see. Where am I? Then we have um, Danelle Joseph. Uh, we're just taping Mr. Joseph tomorrow. He spent most of his life in prison um, and is a really remarkable activist uh, now living in Albany who serves on the co- Crime Prevention Task Force of Albany. Okay, let's see. I, I probably should have a list in front of me. There are so many. Um, I think the next person that I'd like to mention is Arlen Westbrook, and she mm-hmm. is a Quaker uh, in Albany who rented to Mickey's family. I just mentioned Mickey a few minutes ago. And she also worked with early NAACP movement. Oh, gosh, I feel like, you know, I'm just, I hope I'm not talking too long here, but we've got a couple more to go through. Should I keep going? Of course. Okay. Um, Sue Clark is uh, sadly no longer with us. We filmed her interview in July of 2019, um, and she passed away last January. Uh, Luckily, she lived. Uh, through the inauguration so that was a happy thing and she did see one of our rough cuts um and i was so oh so relieved that i had sent those rough cuts out to everybody in december and that sue was able to see where we were going mm-hmm. with her story sue mm-hmm. was very active in fair housing in troy and also in um nuclear disarmament activism pat beadle uh Uh, Sue is a Quaker, too. And Pat Beadle um, is a pretty high-profile activist. She's a Quaker, and she uh, worked on clean air and clean water uh, back in the 70s and uh, protested the Vietnam War and continues to be a very active peace activist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, now let's see. I'm, I'm searching my memory banks here. Um, we have Regin Adams, um, mm-hmm. who will be um, remembered for her work in the Peace Breakfast and in uh, work for preserving the Pine Bush. And mm-hmm. interviewing her are two other Quakers, David Easter and Maude Easter. Oh no, I'm sorry, David Easter and Nancy Burton. David mm-hmm. Easter is a Quaker, but Nancy Burton served on Albany's Common Council um, during the uh, 70s and 80s when Regin mm-hmm. was very active in the peace movement. Mm-hmm. Um, Dot Richards is uh, another Quaker gal whose um, family had the last farm in the city of Albany. The farm was in the south end and, now, and they gave land to the city of Albany for a recreation area um, back in the 30s, if you can believe it. And and Dot was a little girl, and they went down to the mayor's office. It was before Mayor Corning. It was Mayor Thatcher. They gave the land to the city, and now this that land is the Hoffman Creation Center um, that's part of the City of Albany Recreation Park. But Pat also went on to work with prisoners, and it was through, uh, I'm sorry, Dot also went on to work with prisoners, and Dot was um, the person, the activist who helped us find Donnell Joseph, the prisoner um, the, uh, now free, <laughs> prisoner working in crime prevention in Albany. And, you know, I have this horrible feeling that um, because I'm just speaking informally off the cuff that I've left someone out. But I I, I think I've pretty much mentioned everybody. It's about 11 Mm -hmm. activists. Some some are in their 90s. Some are in their 80s. Some are in their 70s. Um, Mr. Joseph is only still in his 50s. So he's our youngest activist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you and I met because of our our common interest in Marjorie Adams and yes. And it's really a shame that, you know, um, covid kind of um stalled me for a while. Hopefully that a uh, week I can um re- reignite the uh this stuff that I've been doing for Rosion Adams. And, yes. you know, it's so unfortunate that, that activists who have played such a major role in the city of Albany over the years have not been more recognized. Would you agree?
1: Oh, well, that's the whole reason for doing this film. And it, the whole process is taking longer than I ever dreamed because this is my very first Documentary film. I'm a brand new, right, fresh out of the wrapper beginner with filmmaking, and I'm learning as I go. But I have um, I, we start you and I started together, and we had Jill Maloof as our photographer mm-hmm. when we filmed Regine, and now um, we're deep in the very um, slow process of editing all those hours and hours of interviews. Um, And Jill helped me find a wonderful film editor, Mr. Tony Gracchi. And Tony comes to the table with a lot of um, high-level experience with Hollywood feature films and other Mm -hmm. documentary films. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. He 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 just he just does it all he he's so generous with his um collaboration with with us in this area, so very lucky to have such talented people to work with
0: so why do you think it's so important to document the um the activists from years gone by from well your perspective.
1: The, the, my perspective is the most important reason to capture and preserve these stories and the legacy of these folks is so that young people can be inspired by them. I, I also think at the same time, young people who watch this film will learn about differences in how um, activists worked years ago, You know, more than 50 years ago, Activism looked a little different, and the organization of protests and rallies uh, was remarkably different because, of course, it was all before social media, and there was a lot uh, more personal contact um, in order to gather activists together. So, so many differences, but mm-hmm. so many similarities. Um, but I suppose the main reason to do the film is preservation. It's historic preservation. And it's important that the legacies go on and continue to inspire others.
0: That, that's so important. And, you know, I, I knew about the I, – I learned about the brothers through, you know, learning about – Regin and, you know, the the brothers played such an important role back in the late 60s, early 70s. And, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, don't know about the brothers. They don't know the impact that Regin has made or Pat Beadle or some of the older people. And, and it's so unfortunate that. This was not done you know many years ago because Pat's in her nineties resident has just mm-hmm. passed, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are older and right, you it, know it gets your attention right, and there's no sense I might be wrong. What do you think there's no sense of continuity, you know, as far as honoring the people from the past. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, well, I'm also kind of in the dark about whether there's any continuity. We can say that there's a little in terms of uh, what libraries preserve and what newspapers preserve. So um, the University at Albany has wonderful archives um, and Included there are you know just so many articles from the Times Union and Knickerbocker mm-hmm. News, if you remember that. And um, I haven't dipped into the Schenectady, and I've dipped a little bit into the Troy Record, but not into the Schenectady Gazette as much as I would like to. But there is some bit of continuity in print documentation of, of the work. Thank goodness, because that material uh, supplies us with what we um, call B-roll in the film. So instead of just seeing a, um, somebody talking in the film, you want to show the photographs that complement the stories that they're telling. And so we are providing continuity, visual you know, motion-moving images of these folks, and it's supplemented by a nice physical, um, visual uh, photograph that um, that have, has maintained some continuity of history over the years thanks to libraries and newspapers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I suppose and- television... Uh, uh, there's always the possibility of going through old footage of area news stories. And, um, that's something that I have to, um, consider seriously for this film. If I want to go to the television stations that were, um, to the, to the news, local news back then and see what I can find. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then I have to get permission, um, and licensing agreements to show other the work that other people have done so that takes time and money Mm -hmm. Uh so i've been dragging my feet about going uh, getting um, television footage from the
0: area i'm sure there's a lot of television footage about russian wouldn't you think
1: I would think that she would have been appeared on some television shows because she was a really um, dynamic, outspoken, brave gal. And I would think that for some of the rallies and some of her work, there would have been a local television camera rolling. But you know what? I don't know yet. I still have some work to do on that. Uh-huh. Wow.
0: Okay. So, out of all of the people that you've documented so far, which one, which one do you admire most? Or oh, is that, that's,
1: uh, that's so hard. Oh, it's yeah. A difficult question to to answer. Oh boy. Uh, you know, there's so many different ways to look at this work. And I suppose when you think the person who has put themselves in the most danger really Uh put themselves in in, um, uh, people people who were arrested and could Mm -hmm. have been physically harmed or even killed, um, Mm -hmm. there are two two standout people. Well, two or three. I would have to say uh, Alice Green. Uh, is incredibly admirable, and so is Mickey Cunningham Khan because Mickey took um, Mickey helped, was involved in protests in the sixties, uh, where she went into the lunch, the segregated lunch counters, and sat down, and was um, and pushed the envelope for um, desegregation of public places during Jim Crow. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's been carried out by police. Alice has been carried out by police. And to a, to a, a pretty good extent, Earl Thorpe from the Brothers, he really put himself out there. He um, He was a homeowner during the time that the Brothers were fighting for social justice in Albany. They were up against the democratic machine. And because he was a homeowner, he was able to bail out the other brothers and other protesters that joined the brothers when they were um, jailed. He'd put up mm-hmm. the bail money because he owned a house. And I'm, I'm telling you, people have done so much, but my the honest to God answer to your question is I really admire them all. hmm
0: you know, as, as it should be, right?
1: Right. Right. hmm Mm-hmm. One of so. the – I was interviewing um, a group of them. I got Dr. Green, Earl Thorpe, Pat Beadle, and Sue Clark all around one table at the Center for Law and Justice.
0: Oh, uh, my God.
1: Uh, it was about a year and a half ago and they were telling um, wonderful stories about being arrested. And uh, Pat Beadle piped up, and she said, I'll tell you a wonderful story about being arrested. Uh, there's a gal in Northampton, Massachusetts. She's about 99 years old, and she started yeah. the American Friends Service. And when uh, she was interviewed, uh, the last time she was arrested she was well into her 90s and the reporter said uh how many times have you been arrested and this woman said not enough
0: <laughs> really not afraid, wow not afraid to be arrested well i remember talking with Russian and she was not only arrested but she spent some time in jail and but for her, when she talked about it, she talked about it so matter-of-factly, like, oh, it yes. was an everyday thing, you know?
1: That's yep. and, and They'd laugh about it. And you know, and I think, my God, if I was ever arrested, I don't know how my family would ever get over it, you know? And I, I think <laughs> it would take, take a lot, you know, I, uh, take a lot for me to put myself in that position. And I'll tell you, you know, um, I still think that there's a – especially after being inspired by these um, brave people, um, I now think, well, you know, maybe, you know, if they could do it, I could do it. If, if the cause is noble and um, it will help, you know, I think maybe I could do it. <laughs> How about you,
0: Cynthia? Would,
1: do you think you could put yourself in that position?
0: To be arrested? I don't know. Yes. I couldn't. I couldn't say yes or no because, uh, I mean, I've been in situations where people have been arrested, and I kind of thought, well, not today. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, yeah. But but it, it's really good for you and for me to to document the people who have made such a difference in the city of albany because basically i think um albany is kind of like a sleepy town and sometimes i think it needs to be uh woken up what do you think
1: well yeah i think it's a unique american
0: city it's a
1: small city it's a capital of a a, you know incredibly prosperous, vibrant state. Um, education in um, our state and in our city is really holds up well to national standards. And um, in another project that I was involved in, I learned that the demographics of Albany really tend to mirror, there, that we're a microcosm here of the demographics of the entire nation. So we have about the same percentage of uh, ethnic groups and races. So uh, we mirror uh, the number of whites in, at the national level, the number of African-Americans mm-hmm. at the national level, Hispanics, um, and uh, people from other, other countries, um, cultures, cultures, so that, I sat up and, and listened when I, when I heard that information shared and I thought, isn't that a unique situation? I, I also think mm-hmm. because we're the capital of New York and um, uh, we have as a city a kind of, I think there's a kind of a steadying factor in Albany in some respects but in other respects, because we're the capital, we, um, we're a perfect place for protest because there's the seat of government. There's the governor. Uh-huh. There are our legislatures. They're all, they're all in, in downtown Albany when the legislature is in session and protesters can gather and their voices can be heard more clearly in Albany than, you know, mm-hmm. protesters who stay in Syracuse or stay in the North Country. Right.
0: You know, that's one of the things that I really miss uh, during the pandemic. It was mm-hmm. always uh, so much fun for me to just throw something on, go down to a, a, like a lobby day on Tuesday or a demonstration and be part of the uh, demonstrations that was that was great and one of the people that i i uh, remember talking to um at one of the demonstrations was um former representative dennis kucinich because he came up here and he talked about environmental issues and oh. I, had an, I had an opportunity to talk to him and that that was fun So, if you're inclined to, you know, make changes and and see things progress, you know, once the pandemic is over, hopefully soon, um, you know, Albany is the perfect place for you to get involved in, you know, demonstrations and protests and just make your voice heard. I think that's important. Right. So, ultimately, what is your... What is the goal of your movie? Well, to preserve
1: the legacies of the activists themselves as people, too, and then to inspire young people. And then in terms of making sure the film is seen the um, and distributed, um, the goal is to enter it in... Um, the uh, documentary film festivals that are appropriate uh, for our film and to um, have a product that is high enough, high enough quality to promote uh, via public television stations. So um, if we, we do a good job, we will be going to um, WMHT and entering various film festivals. One, in particular, we're interested is the Brooklyn Documentary Film Festival. so um, wish us luck because uh, for a first time filmmaker, I really have a you know a lot of competition to make sure this film is distributed and and um, the history and the stories of these folks is preserved.
0: Yeah, do do you enjoy filmmaking?
1: It's been um i'm gonna say yes, but there have been times when i just have i just get stuck. It's kind of like writer's block, so when that mm-hmm. happens i'm pretty i'm pretty you know miserable about it and then i I figure out what to do next and of course Jill and tony um working as a team. You know, I don't have the luxury of just <laughs> taking a couple of months off or anything, but at, there have been times when I've had a couple of slow weeks where I've really had to kind of uh, just sit and sit with it. Tony calls it living with the film so when I'm living with the film, i'm not uh, i'm i'm i you know as a first time filmmaker i I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a slacker, you know. I'm not working, but I'm thinking about it. You know, I, it, it's always popping in and out of my head. So I'm very motivated to um, to finish it pretty pretty soon. But I've been very humbled by how long everything takes. And now, uh, you know, I've just added um, resin and uh, danelle joseph so what we're looking at is uh, another big chunk of time to pull from their stories the wonderful golden nuggets that will weave beautifully into the story we have so far so we have to integrate their stories with what we have we to to and that's been a huge challenge to to figure out how to take so many different stories and and make one workable out of all of right. them. Right.
0: So, if anybody wants to know more about you or or the documentary, is there some way they could get in touch with you? Well. Um,
1: it, that's a little tricky. Um, I hesitate to give out my cell phone. We do not yet have a website to contact with me, but I'm happy to give out my email in public, and that okay. is Chris speech at gmail.com. I spell Chris okay. um, like in Christmas, so C-H-R-I-S Howard, S-P-E-E-C-H. So speech, like in speech therapy, because that was my mm-hmm. career, uh, my mm-hmm. my entire life I was a speech therapist, and then at gmail.com.
0: Great, Chris. Our time is up, so I want to wish you the best of luck. You have been listening to Chris Howard, who's uh, doing a, a movie called The Activist Next Door. I'm Cynthia Poole, this is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, Cynthia.